Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're a book club of games. And today we are. Today we're going to talk about. Two Point Hospital. So Two Point Hospital, released in 2018, developed by Two Point Studios, who I guess came into existence just for this game, as a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital, which was actually made in 1997 by Bullfrog. And Bullfrog is, well, Bullfrog made a lot of cool stuff, actually. Bullfrog is is like peak Peter Molyneux, when he made outrageous statements, but they were also kind of true. Like, Bullfrog is the reason Peter Molyneux had the cachet, you know, had the social capital to be able to make those outrageous statements and people would believe him because so many Bullfrog games were really that good. But I feel like Theme Hospital is towards the end of the Bullfrog era. And Two Point Hospital is basically Theme Hospital, again, just with 21st century graphics. Sounds about right. So basically, you manage a hospital with made-up diseases. Comedy diseases. Comedy, yeah, exactly. Like, no one comes in and like, I'm sorry, you've got cancer, you know. They come in and like, oh, I'm sorry, you've got a light bulb for a head. And it's like, oh, I hadn't noticed. That explains so much. <laughs> yeah. So, funny diseases, comedy cures, all very lighthearted. Yeah, manager hospital. It's a management sim. So growing up these... So, 20 years ago, that's a long time. More than 20 years ago. (laughs) So more than 20 years ago, these management games were a dream. Me being able to run an enterprise seemed like a really fun thing with lots of comedy diseases. Yeah, because this is your choice. And you clearly really liked theme hospital yeah i really did like you you clearly had some really strong nostalgia for theme hospital like way more than me yeah although ironically i had actually bought this game and played it already and you hadn't so i don't know what that says about me but you have too much time (laughs) but immediately my first question was were you min maxing things straight away did you min max things when you were 20 years younger. Is that why you don't like management games? Because that's how your brain works. You just like to break things. Yeah, you see, I don't think I'm particularly min-maxy when it comes to management sims, but I also don't think I play that many management sims, honestly. Like, I didn't 
have Theme Hospital. I think I only played the demo of Theme Hospital. You know, I never owned the full game of Theme Hospital. And then I guess there was just so much marketing for Two Point Hospital. And I had, I did obviously have some nostalgia for Theme Hospital. So I, I bought it during a Steam sale at some point and I played a bit of it before it was the book club game. So I was a, I was a bit familiar with it. But I don't think I played it necessarily in a very min-maxi way. Just because just it just seems like such a chore. <laughs> is, it, is it because you know what's going on behind the scenes or you're actively, passively thinking about how it all worked or how it all ties together? Yeah, again, like for me, I don't think I really do consciously put a lot of effort into thinking about what the simulation is doing in these management sims honestly i'm just i'm just taking it at face value and trying to optimize it at face value which is funny because like when you ask the question it does seem like the sort of thing i should do which would be to like look at it and think like how is this being simulated under the hood and what's really important here you know and how can i actually break this but i don't actually i really do just take it at face value i'm like lol he's got a pan stuck in his head i'm gonna build the big magnet to take the pan off you know how many pan machines do I need? Yeah, like I'm I'm really, I'm playing it like a filthy casual, you know. I'm not playing it like a scientist. I'm not dissecting it from the inside and being like, hmm, this is clearly some kind of cue here, you know. And it, your insight that the game was just a load of cues, I thought was quite interesting. It made me really think like, hmm, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about this. Because like, it's true, most games that I play a lot of, I do... You know, even without intending to develop some sort of intuition about how they're really working under the hood. But I don't think I play management games enough to do that. But then again, that probably comes down to a lot of what do you consider a management game to be? I mean, for instance, you play, you've played Satisfactory. And that is a queuing game, if you will. The logistics sim. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. Is Satisfactory a management game because i i would call it a logistics game and i would consider that a different genre of game but i guess a management game and a logistics game are both just subsections of a simulation game but then isn't everything a simulation game you know like when people you know because everything is a simulation a computer game literally is a simulation of some sort right and it's like how you know could you argue that like satisfactory is a role playing game because your role is an engineer building a factory you know like you would never say that but you could make a facetious argument that's what it was because you're literally playing a role you know like i don't know but i i feel like <laughs> management like a, sim is quite nebulously defined that just sounds like a clickbaity title for an article that does yeah maybe we should <laughs> we should branch out no but really what is a management game to you? Like, what other management games have you, have you played? I think you said to me that you thought I'd played more management games than you. And I was thinking, I probably haven't. And then I googled, you know, management game. And Google's list of management games and, like, some articles saying, like, the 20 best management games. You know, those lists just contained loads of games that I was like, that's not a management game. At least it isn't to me. So, you know, what do you think a management game is? Like, you know, I would say 
Factorio, Satisfactory, Dyson Sphere program, I would put those all as logistics games, not management games. But, you know, Google and these lists consider them generally to be management games. Give me some other examples of management games you've played or games you would consider to be management games. Uh, tycoon games and city builders. Tycoon games for sure. So I would say like, yeah, Rollercoaster Tycoon, Transport Theme Park, tycoon. Transport Tycoon, yeah. I'd call those management games. City builders. You're managing a city. I, I guess. What was interesting in that list, I think, was The Sims. You're managing a person. Or family. It's weird. Yeah. You're not managing a family, though, are you? You're trying to drive them, or not drive them, influence them into a certain path, but you're not really managing them. Well, that's what, that is management, though, isn't it? Well, this is getting too real now. This is, this is getting <laughs> into, like, me thinking about my real life, you know, thinking, like, oh, I wish, you know, I'm making the wrong decision. But that's the thing, like, is a city builder a management game? I feel like that's really borderline. Like, I feel like, again, maybe I'm just putting in too many subdivisions. Like, I feel like a city builder is its own thing as well. But maybe it is a management game. Like, like to me, to me, a management game is a simulation game at a certain level of fidelity. I, I think I was saying, like, it's like, it's like middle manager bullshit level of fidelity, right? Because, like, when you get really down into the weeds and you've got, like, all this information and you're trying to precisely balance the system perfectly like a logistics game you know that's not a management game to me because that's like to the engineering level that's like you know how everything really works and you're really trying to tune everything and then like the sims maybe is kind of a bit too abstract that's like a senior management game or something is it where <laughs> you know everything's very woolly and you're just trying to like point things in the general direction i don't know whereas like a management game is you do have control but also you don't really know what's going on like you've got imperfect information or you can find out everything but it would take you too long and it's impractical it will take you too long and be impractical yeah you know because like as someone who I assume has also had to do like middle management kind of stuff, you can get really down into the, okay, this is like too much real experience here, but you know, like when you're in charge of like a programming team, for example, and you know, some people have got some tickets they've got to do and they come back to you and say it's done. If you've got nothing else to do, you can go and actually look at what they've done and figure out, have they really done this right? You know, but that requires you to both A, know what right is like you have to understand the actual like real requirement really well and b yeah take the time to look at their code and figure out does it really do what it's meant to do right but if you're really busy and you're you're in a management position there's lots of other things you've got to deal with too and there's like you're not just you don't just have this person's code and tickets you've got like five other people's too right so you've just got to be like okay balance on balance yeah it's probably fine tick move on right and then it might turn out that was completely wrong but you know, you don't have time to get into the weeds to that level. Yeah. You can do, but generally you don't. Normally it's like the crazy one gets... <laughs> you always have to review the crazy one's tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. You like It's like the reputation, right? And I kind of feel like a management game 
works well when it's at that level, which I think Two Point Hospital is. Like, I, I realized, like, you can go down and look at, like, the price of every treatment and you can look at a particular doctor, like, have they been good at treating patients? Are they doing well in the GP surgery and stuff? But, like, you generally don't, or at least I don't. I'm just like, YOLO, drop another doctor in. It's really interesting that this is the game that makes you suspend your your brain just yeah just my min maxing but you know having said that i feel like i feel like i've been playing it quite well or maybe it's just really easy i don't know what other management games have you played out of interest uh, you've played football manager right not, not the most recent ones but yes i've played football manager I, I have no experience with that at all i just i'm assuming that's a management game yeah it is you manage a team of yeah, a football team. There's like F1 manager I've played. Oh, there's some mobile games. I don't know if that really counts. And Trestle Tycoon. All the Tycoon games. Mm. But they're old now. You see, that's also, this is what I was saying. You play things like Oxygen Not Included, right? Actually, no. no. I, I, I own Oxygen Not Included because it looked really fun, but I didn't actually play it. But actually, that's quite an interesting point. Like, I feel like, yeah, like Oxygen Not Included is kind of like the middle management version of Dwarf Fortress. Is that right? Like Dwarf Fortress is like a hardcore sim and Oxygen Not Included is like a management level sim. I look, if, you, if you look at the Steam charts, Planet Coaster is there a lot. But no one says the management in that game is good. It's just a, a builder roller coaster game. Or build a pretty theme park game. I think, yeah, well, a lot of these games have like a sandbox mode, don't they? Where they just like have fun and build what you like. Because then it kind of becomes like a toy box instead of a sim, right? And I think that's a valid way to play these games too. You know, like, don't worry about building a theme park as a business, which is like the management game level instead it's just like just build your ultimate theme park and have fun you know it's like then it's like a dollhouse but that's fun as well you can play it like that which is what two point hospital tries to do as well a little bit yeah i i think it rides the line quite well i think i think it is balanced in such a way that if you want to play it like a dollhouse of a hospital where everyone's puking you can it's not like really viciously balanced like you need to ruthlessly run this as a business or you're going under but you know there definitely are management games that are like that but maybe they're not as popular if for some reason i just thought you'd have played hmm, prison architect for instance yeah it's funny because like I'm clearly really interested in this sort of game because I keep buying them when they're on Steam sale, but I very rarely, you know, like there's like a certain like inertia or like activation energy you've got to get over to start something. And it's like buying the game when it's on Steam sale is enough to like lower the <laughs> desire to play it. And then I just never actually play it. I've got, I've got so many of these games that have literally, you know, I bought them on sale and 
they're in the queue ready to go like i've i've got i actually have a steam collection called the shortlist which is games that i should play next and in you know in there in there is stuff like oxygen not included and rim world and all this stuff but like how long is the shortlist it's like 20 games oh that is short yeah and, and like as i play something from the shortlist it, it moves into done I've got the short list, I've got the long list, and I've got done. The long list is actually also games that really should be on the short list, but I know they're like 100 hours, or maybe 60 hours plus, and so they go on the long list. Games that I think that are going to be, you know, you can experience enough of them in 20 hours or less, I put them in the short list. Okay. Anyway, that's an aside. I, I think I'm just worried that I'll enjoy the game too much. Because, you know, this has certainly happened before. Like, it's a game that... Enjoyed the game too much. I think we, you know, you've delayed gratification to another level now. No, no, because, you know... Okay. So, maybe this is very specific to me, but... I am worried that I'll play a game and then I'll want to do nothing else but play that game. Because this has happened to me in the past where I've just got really into something. And so, games that I think that I will really enjoy... I'm usually very wary about starting. So like, you know, the most recent example of where I've fallen into the trap, or I actually, you know, I knew it was a trap, but I did it anyway, was like Stellaris, where everything I read about Stellaris sounded like it was exactly what I would enjoy. And then I bought Stellaris and I installed Stellaris and I played Stellaris. And I think over the course of like one long weekend, I played 55 hours of Stellaris, which is insane. You know, I was literally up till 5am every day playing Stellaris. And after that, I was like, okay, I should not touch this game again because it's it's too dangerous to be allowed to play this game. And I haven't played Stellaris since. I do keep buying the expansions for it because I think one day I'm going to come back to Stellaris. But yeah. And a lot of games like RimWorld and Oxygen Not Included and stuff, I'm worried are going to cause that kind of reaction. And that's why I'm wary about starting them so two-point hospital obviously i thought it looked fun but i didn't think <laughs> i didn't think it was going to trigger that reaction and that's why i was allowed to play it this makes no sense because you're denying yourself you're denying yourself the games that excite you so we're, we we go to a pod so now we're recording a podcast of games which you don't like you we're actually recording a podcast of games you don't like to play it, it's of games it that i be- like it's of games that i like Would it not but be i don't better? think are going to ruin my life my life's already ruined. What am I saying? I may as well embrace it now. Would it not be a better podcast if you played games you, that would ruin you? Okay, so maybe for the next book club game, we'll pick one of those. Please. And you would, you would actually just play the game in a weekend as well, which is not a good thing. Or good or bad. Which what might be a good thing. You'll play the game, you'll get out of the way, and the rest of your month is free. We just have to time I, uh, when you <laughs> schedule that weekend. I don't know. I I... I I do think another funny corollary of this is that, so I tend to play games where I don't worry that it's going to happen, but every now and then it happens anyway, like Warzone. Warzone is a freaking disaster. Actually, both PUBG and Warzone have ruined me. Like, the number of hours I've played of those games is, like, horrifying to me. And it's because I didn't think I'd enjoy them. Because, you know, I wasn't really hugely into you know, shooter games, like competitive multiplayer shooters. And that's why when someone said, hey, let's try out PUBG, I was like, oh yeah, fine. And when someone said like, let's play Warzone, I was like, okay, I'm not hugely into COD. It'll be, you know, no risk there. 
a thousand hours later. to talk about the core mechanics of Two Point Hospital so we can critique it, discuss it, see what you think about it. So, playing theme hospital, Two Point Hospital, again, 20 years later, I don't think there's much to it, which is good or bad. The way I see it is you build a reception, you build a GP's office, you build some diagnosis rooms, and then you build the treatment rooms. And on top of that, you've got these extracurricular rooms like toilets staff rooms and what else i mean they're your like compulsory rooms and then top of that you have items which add to attractiveness heat the the buildings address thirst and hunger once you put them in you just need to hide the staff nurses doctors receptionists in here well here they call them assistants and janitors and then finally you've got the extracurricular rooms Actually, I said extracurricular before. Anyway, extra, extracurricular rooms, which are marketing and training, I think. And research. And research. In this one. Well, was there research in Theme Hospital? Yes, there was. Okay, I never got that far because I only had the demo. And then, as with all games, there are customizations or additional items. Purely cosmetic, I hope. No, they're not, actually. That's not true. They're not all cosmetic because yeah, some will give you... they're not purely plus... cosmetic. And you can buy those with kudosh. And that's it. I think from a mechanics perspective, that's really all that's going on. Yes. That, that is the super high level description of how the game works. Now, to me, that doesn't seem too sophisticated, too complicated. I mean, I suppose if it was a game that had to work in 1997, it couldn't be that complicated. And... Equally, there's no reason to make things too complicated. Like, the formula works. You know, it, it clearly is compelling and fun. Fun, in inverted commas. What game speed do you play at? Uh, I, I, I think I've got it permanently set to fast. <laughs> it's either paused or it's running on fast speed. Maybe that's the answer. Well, so, what are you doing? Normal stroke fast. But sometimes I want it to go faster. Yeah, I would love it to go faster. So many times it's just like, you know, especially for the three-star stuff, it's just like such a drag waiting for it to play out, you know? It's just like, just go faster! Because you you don't have to do anything once you've got it all set up. It just like plays itself. I mean, it feels like there's not enough mechanics going on. I don't feel like it's very... I said the word, is it semi-casual? I had fun to begin with. Uh, you know, it's 
it is fun, like playing with the hospital, you know, building the rooms, dropping down the people, putting up plants, making it look pretty. And then as the levels progressed, it just kind of became a drag because everything felt very samey. Like, you know, everything starts the same way, at least for me. And then it's just kind of like turning the handle and it's boring. You know, like for me, every level, you you start with like a quarter of a million dollars. And so like whenever the level starts, I just hit pause. I build a reception. I build two GP officers. I build a pharmacy, a cardiology and a general diagnosis. Hire the appropriate staff, you know, and then unpause it and leave it on fast until like the first major disease comes in. And then I build the treatment room for that and so on. And then I just like, and that's it. You know, like that's the formula. Just start, just build that standard start, fast forward until the disease comes in, then build the treatment room and then like expand appropriately. And as time goes on, you just have to build more and more GP surgeries as your hospital becomes more popular to to the extent that I think like the, you know, the original building that you're building in, I, I move all the rooms out of that apart from basically GP surgeries. Like it's just full of GP surgeries. And then you kind of, I guess this is like the actual more cerebral management part of the game or like a way of playing it is like the the pathing because there is a flow to it like everyone has to go to the gp first and then they have to go to further diagnosis rooms to refine what they're ill with and then they have to go to treatment rooms to be treated at the end so i guess like that is part of the design of your hospital and then there's also all the other you know fluffy stuff like plants and making it look nice and making it comfortable you know and snack machines like i i think at the beginning I was much more careful about those and like building nice areas and things. And then like, now I'm like, uh, whatever, just like tiny corridors and slam some, you know, dispensing machines in them, whatever, it'll be fine. So will you say you're still building pretty hospitals? They're not, they're not very pretty now. They're, yeah. I mean, maybe they're actually suboptimal. I think, I think the most recent hospital did get a little bit too windy corridors and like it did take people a bit long to get places because I just like I tried to cram in as many surgeries as I could in this like one building. <laughs> it got a bit ridiculous. You make an interesting point though. You mentioned that it's fun to play at first, at least, and then it becomes a bit of a drag. I think that's what it does well. I mean, maybe the simulation isn't as complicated as we want it to be. Want it to be, but the the presentation gets it there. Yeah, I mean, it's got a really distinct style, which is really very like Theme Hospital. You know, it really is like a modernised Theme Hospital. Even the PA announces the same, it sounds like. Oh, the Tannoy, yeah. I mean, I think it's also very British, I guess. Yeah. Which is comforting. Like, yeah, the, the accent of the, you know, the PA system, as you said, and all the radio shows and stuff is all very British. Are all the pun- yeah, I'm sure all the, the, the diseases are as well. I, I, okay, they've been modernised, but there's like grey anatomy, isn't it? Which is, yeah. I guess, obviously a, a joke on grey's anatomy, which probably didn't exist in 1997. That's true. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm trying to remember what the theme was, because like, there was like bloaty head or something in theme hospital, wasn't there? Which is just stupid. I think like lightheadedness is definitely a better pun than that. <laughs> yeah. As to the depth of the simulation, I think there probably is quite a lot in there and you just don't have to interact with it and I'm just not interacting with it. Like, when someone gets promoted, 
what pay rise do you give them? Like, do you think about it? And do you give them pay rise that make them happy, or do you just give them like the minimum, like the or the default? There's a a checkbox to say auto promote, so I don't think about it. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Because like clearly, when you're promoting staff, you can manually do it, and you can adjust the slider for what they're going to be paid. But there's also a checkbox in the menu just to say just do it automatically, and I don't even want to think about it. So you know that's a whole system you're not interacting with. And, and me neither, to be honest. Or specializations. Like, do you really specialize your staff? Like, do you go and make like an amazing surgeon or an amazing GP? Or do you just make jack of all trades staff? Or do you just have no particular strategy at all? And you just train them in something because they've got to be trained to be promoted? I limit my staff to their specialization. So if they're good at general diagnosis, then I limit them to just those rooms. If they're good at treatment, I limit them just to treatment rooms. Oh, really? Yeah. So you actually go into the rooms and limit who's allowed to work in them? Yeah, because that's how you get the high cure rate. That's how I got the high cure rate. So, so what, you can actually do that? You can actually go and say, this specific doctor works in this room, or these specific doctors can work in this room? Yeah, this specific doctor works in this room. So if I have a researcher with multiple skills, I, and I do need some research, I just say, actually, I just want this guy to just do research. Yes, originally it was to get the treatment working right because the cure rate was not going was wasn't high enough. So I wanted people who could treat with had that treatment bonus working in treatment. Interesting, interesting. But but it's a specific doctor that works in that room. Then you you can't have like a pool of doctors who can work oh, no. in that room. No. Okay, and it's not just like a doctor. Then it really is this named doctor. Yeah. Okay, I don't do any of that. I was getting desperate. No, I just, again, I think it's really interesting. Like, I was aware that you could do that, but I, don't, I didn't know the details of the system exactly. I knew you could do some formal assignments. And I know you can also do things like, say, this staff room is only for doctors, or this toilet is only for men, this toilet is only for women. You know, you can, like, do restrictions like that. But I don't, I don't have any restrictions like that. Everything is just, like, whatever. And I'm just, like, I've just got a pool of doctors, and they all just go wherever, which... I, I can't tell if I'm doing it wrong, but it's working fine for me. So uh, this is what I mean about like, you know, how deeply are you interacting with the potential systems? Like I'm not at all, but it sounds like you are going a bit further than me. Because like for research, I've <laughs> actually, you know what? This kind of is min-maxing, I guess. Yeah, because the research is shared like safe file wide, like county wide. It's not in a specific hospital. So you can just have one hospital that's already three stars and successful and making loads of money and then just build a really amazing research department there. And then when I go to a new hospital and it's like, oh, there's a new disease, you need to research it. I just exit that hospital, go back to my amazing hospital, research it, and then exit again and go back. And it's like, oh, I researched the cure already, you know, rather than build another research department. Yes. I would say that's making it too easy for yourself, but the game allows it. Yeah, because research is annoying. It's like so slow. That's part of the challenge. Unless you've got like some crazy research room. Oh, yes. You know, you can build a specific research hospital. It's specialization, baby. Okay, and then another system that I assume is a system but I'm not interacting with at all. You know when you can hire staff or like staff that you've hired, they have like traits. 
Yes. Do you pay attention to those traits at all when you're hiring or when you're making like assignment decisions? No, I just care about their skills. Yeah, exactly. I like don't look at these traits at all. I just assumed they were flavor text. But when I, when I looked at it a bit more, I was like, do these have gameplay impact? Because some of them sound like they do. Like, like I think there's a trait called teacher. You know, like, does that mean they're faster at training people? Or is the trait weak bladder? Does that mean they have to go to the toilet more often? But then again, there's like another trait that says terribly dull. Like, does that have gameplay impact? Like, maybe it makes the people around them get bored faster. That makes sense. Or maybe it does nothing. I don't know. No, that makes sense. A handful at parties reduces boredom. Reduces boredom, not causes HR incidents. Causes fires. <laughs> causes fires. Yeah, imagine. That is like, it's, it's a politically correct way of saying arsonist. <laughs> I don't know. So I do think it's interesting. Like, I do think there are more mechanics to this game if you want there to be. This is kind of like, you know, the game is trying to appeal to as wide an audience as possible. If you really want to get down into the the weeds, into the cogs and gears of how the simulation is really working and optimise your hospital beautifully, I think you probably can. Like, I, I know you can change the, you know, like, diagnosis sureness percentage you know, before someone goes to treatment, or you can change what individual diseases and diagnoses rooms and things cost. So, you know, you can tweak all these numbers, but like, I've not, I've not done any of that. I think you had a comment about what makes a successful hospital, which was interesting. So you, you, you found a hospital which was just GP's offices and they were charging ridiculous amounts for diagnosis yeah I, so I, I i can't remember the name of the channel I mean, is it let's game it out i don't know youtube because of the youtube algorithm suggested me it was actually it was actually about planet zoo i think originally so it suggested me some video about planet zoo where they built this horrendous zoo and then when i looked at the other videos from this channel they seem to exclusively play sim games like ma- or management games but just make horrible horrible places <laughs> so their video on two point hospital they make a hospital with a zero percent cure rate where everyone is unhappy but it makes millions of dollars every year and all it is is a reception and a load of gps officers and the GP's offices have queues like in, in the dozens. And every GP's office charges a thousand bucks for a diagnosis. And like the hospital is like literally just filled with puke and rubbish and ghosts. And all these queues of people lining up t- to be told, yeah, you're sick and you're going to die. <laughs> and they just walk out and they just die. You know it's what? If I, if I was a dev and I saw that, I would think, yes, our simulation is working perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, mission accomplished. It mimics the real world. Oh no, it's terrible. I I think they are playing on like the sandbox mode. So, you know, maybe. And I I guess the thing is like in the actual game, you can earn up to three stars for your hospital and you have to earn at least one star, I think, to be able to unlock the next set of hospitals. 
So I guess this isn't a viable strategy to actually play the campaign, but it is funny that it works from a making money point of view. Okay, so just to talk about some other core mechanics then, just to finish up. You mentioned the PA system. I thought this was really clever. I think it's in Theme Hospital too. But like the PA system is like your early warning system that something's going wrong, right? So it's it's really good because it's kind of like appropriate for the setting, you know, like in universe. Like there's a PA system and it goes like doctor to GP surgery, doctor to GP surgery, you know, and that's alerting you that, hey, there's a GP surgery without a doctor in and there's a queue outside it for example, or attention janitors, plants need water. And, you know, it's because, like, your plants are dying because you don't have enough janitors to water them. I, I guess this is lifted... Is this lifted directly from Theme Hospital? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how colourful or how much detail the Theme Hospital system is. Yeah, because it makes me think in 1997, would they have had... Would they have had, like, the audio capabilities to do this? Yeah, we had CDs then. Did we? It's so long ago, I actually can't remember. Yeah, you're right, we did, didn't we? So maybe they did have that. Anyway, regardless, it's good. And then you mentioned earlier on Qdosh and the things being cosmetic or having gameplay impact. Like, I bought a Gold Star Award with Qdosh. And I realized that when I put a gold star in a room, its prestige like went up significantly. And so now if I want a five star room, all I have to do is just like put a load of gold star awards up all over the walls. So it's kind of trivialized the whole, you know, like, you know, you get those staff requests where they're like, one of your staff comes in and is like, oh, I thought it'd be really nice if we had like a five star staff room. It would be really, you know, motivate everyone. And you're like, all right, gold star awards everywhere done. So I, I certainly think some of the kudosh items really trivialize the game i guess are there items you rely on so you rely on you'd like that gold star award is anything else you are like staples in your hospital the the other thing that i noticed is have you done any of the superbug projects no i haven't so there's a superbug project called a project of ice and fire and the reward for completing that, there's a fire fountain and an ice fountain. And if you put down one of these fountains, it basically like perfectly heats your hospital or perfectly cools your hospital. Like the, the exterior of it. Like within the individual rooms, you still have to worry about the heating and cooling of those rooms. But the, the actual like communal area of the hospital will just be the perfect temperature. For that building. And it like completely trivializes like placing radiators in like, you know, the outside of the, of the hospital. So, you know, they're quite expensive. It's like 25,000. So to begin with, usually you're putting down radiators. But like once you've got loads of money, you don't care. You're just like, okay, buy a new building, plonk down the appropriate fountain to make it the right temperature, and then just don't worry about radiators again, except in the rooms. But the rooms, by that point, you're usually copying and pasting from a different bit of the hospital anyway. So trivializes the heat management. I mean, I know you don't have to play like this. You know, you're kind of just like ignoring a whole system but at the same time it's so hard to not just make your life easy you know that's i think that's what a mandarin game is about though it's trying to you should try and make your life easy especially when you've got the facilities to do it right you're earning those you should be earning those unlocks and that's why you get them yeah why make your life hard for yourself 
So do we know what Room Prestige does? No, I have no I have no idea. I I, I think the prestigiousness of your hospital is something that is tracked and maybe more prestigious hospitals get more patients. Okay, fine. It's not just for like Dr. Mike's in the world. The doctor? What are you trying to say, Ting? You need a prestigious room. Yeah, I mean, I do have all my gold star awards plastered everywhere. We've both played half of the game. Yeah, I think we're both at the same point, which is about halfway through. So one of the big questions I have is longevity, difficulty of this game. And then I want to talk about like the one instance where I struggled. I mean, I don't know if it's just because we're only halfway through, but so far the game has been pretty trivially easy. Like I've not... I've not really had to do anything special. I've just literally followed the same game plan every hospital and it's worked out fine. I think I think there are hints that's going to stop working or I'm going to have to think a bit more because like staff have started complaining now that they're not being paid enough and I have to give them an extra pay bump every now and then. Or every now and then people are like, oh, I'm really bored. And it's like, okay, fine, I'll pop some more magazine racks or something. But, you know, for for the most part, it's just the same as it was at the beginning. It's just that they're still unlocking one new mechanic per hospital. So you don't plonk down arcade machines? No, I haven't unlocked arcade machines. Oh. Or maybe I could have done it with Qdosh, but I'm just hoarding all my Qdosh, just like my, just like real life. <laughs> you don't need fancy outfits. It's about, actually... So how long have you played? Because I played about 20 hours and I have actually three starred all the hospitals up to this point, which is a real drag. I'm actually really thinking like I should just not bother. I think it's about 20 hours. I have three starred all the hospitals up to now. It just takes, it's starting to take so long just because, you know, it's like cure 30 patients with this particular disease. And it's just like, oh my goodness. I'm going to wait for 30 with that disease to come through. Yeah, I know. Now I've got the marketing room, I can just throw up a marketing campaign. It's true. So I wanted to talk about a couple of times where I almost ran out of money. So there's a loan mechanic. Did you take out any loans? I I have never taken out a loan. That's embarrassing. I take out the 50k loan and I had to also take out the 100k loan. I don't know what's going on. I didn't, well, at the time I didn't know what's going on. So I had this, no, a current revenue of 60k. But it dropped to 40. So I had a, a hole of 20K a month. And then at some point, that 20K hole grew to even grew larger. And then I was 
100k in the red somehow. And because I was out of money, I'd stop building things, even though my GP's office queues were getting longer and longer, so 10 or 11, which isn't that long, is it? It's pretty long. Okay, fine. Even by Mike's standards, that's long. Yeah, because I usually start building more once. Because it alerts, by default, it alerts you when the queue hits six. Yeah. And when my GPs start having queues of six, I usually start building more GP offices. So what I didn't understand was my earnings per month just got stuck and it started going down. And that's what worried me, right? And what materialized was that everything was getting stuck in my GP's offices and I'm not earning money. I don't think we, I'm assuming, I, this is my assumption, is that we just don't earn money from the GP's office. Well, not, not enough, right? Versus treatments. And they just weren't getting treated. So it wasn't pushing enough patients out to the treatment rooms. So all I, did yeah, was, I was really curious about this because I was just thinking like, how does this even happen? Because I've never had this problem. But it's true, like the default pricing a GP diagnosis, like going to the GP office and seeing the GP makes you 500 bucks. Okay, there you go. And being treated makes you a few thousand. You know, I think like if you get treated for like the lightheadedness thing, for example, I think it's like 9,000 or something. So it's like, it's worth significantly more when you treat someone than when you, like they get a GP consultation. So yeah, if they're getting stuck at the GP phase, then obviously you're severely hamstringing your potential cash flow because the GP part, the GP part is gating the rest of the treatment because everyone has to go to the GP office after going to reception before they can move on to further diagnosis and treatment, which is what can make you the real money. But, but I don't even understand how, how is this happening? You know, how are you people getting stuck at the GP phase? Like, this has never happened to me. It's interesting. So there's is two it a things. pathing issue or is it a... So I don't move all my GP's, GP offices to the same building like you do. And the other one is, do you reduce the, you know, the diagnosis percentage? No, I'm, I've got mine set at the default, which is 85%. And then the other question is, there's a final phase. There's a checkbox for go straight to treatment, I think. So normally I think everyone returns back. Once they've got their diagnosis, they return back to the GP's office to be redirected out. So uncheck that as well. Okay. So I mean, I haven't checked or unchecked it. I've got everything set at the default. So for me, it sounds like it's a pathing issue versus your strategy where if you've never come across this, I definitely think it's a pathing issue. A pathing issue? Is, is it a pathing issue or is it like a bottleneck is the question? Like, do you just not have enough GP's offices? Is that another possibility? It may be. I was also running out of money, so I, I, I refused. I was reluctant to build more GP offices. Yeah, I'm just curious, but maybe this is the maybe this is how you can lose. I don't know. I mean, it, it might just be that by by luck or by design, I obviously hit upon a strategy that works, and because it works, I've not really had to really think about what it's doing or why I'm doing it. Because it's good. I mean, listening to you, listening to you, you clearly have a a defined open, you know, yeah. reception, two GPs and three diagnosis rooms. Yeah. So and with the expectation good. that I'm going to have to move those rooms out eventually, because you just need so many GPs offices by the end, once your hospital becomes popular. Like, I mean, it may still be suboptimal. Like maybe I should really be building multiple receptions with clusters of GP offices around them. You know, like maybe, maybe the pathing actually is a significant part of 
the game and your money-making potential? I don't know, but it doesn't seem very hard to make money. Like I've never actually had to go into the economics tab and really study it and figure out if I'm going to make a profit or loss based on who I'm hiring and everything. I'm just like, I really am just like, whatever, click, 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 click. And it's just working out. Do you hire the most expensive? No, I don't hire the most expensive. Well, I mean, I do if they've got skills that I need, but I just kind of hire whoever. I did like the teaching hospital. I think that was the only level where I had to kind of change up the strategy, you know, because all of the doctors and nurses came in as like student doctor, student nurse and had no skills. And then you had to train them up. That was a more interesting level just because you had to factor in the training time, you know, like when you needed someone to man the psychiatry room and you didn't have anyone who had been trained in that and you had to go in and say okay hire some doctors and then train them and then they can train the next set of doctors and so on as needed you know things like that that made it quite interesting and also because everyone was a blank slate then you could think about if you wanted to specialize more easily but i didn't but you know but that but i thought that was an interesting hospital and you know maybe the game will throw more curveballs like that later on and it'll become more interesting again are the, the Superbug projects interesting? I've, I've not touched them. Oh, they're just like... No, they're just like a load of objectives. They're just like, cure this many patients of this, whatever. There's a load of group projects too where you need more people. Like, you have to complete a node and you need someone else in your friends list to complete the node too. I've sent you an invite, Ting. Oh, Please sorry. go and complete the nodes. <laughs> <laughs> How does it... So it's... It runs in parallel to the hospital. So you're running one hospital, but you get additional objectives. No, the Superbug project is, yeah, you just like opt in and it's just literally like, it will be something like cure two patients in the surgery or something. And when you cure the two patients in the surgery, it just completes that node. You don't have to do anything really special. They're just things that you would be doing anyway. And so one of them, which was that project of Ice and Fire was like a global Superbug project. And I just opted into it and got those things. Because like over time, other people completed all the nodes as well. Like I, I did some, but other people were doing others. And then, yeah, the other ones now, they're like friend projects. So I, I need you to help. I can do it. I'm not, I'm not sure if the rewards are any good, but the ice fountain and the fire fountain certainly seem pretty useful. Do you have any Sonic items in your hospital? <laughs> I have been putting down the sonic palm trees just because they seem to give the same kind of bonus as plants and they don't need watering <laughs> oh that's although they one. cost a lot more but it's just like it's lazy like when my plants started like dying because not hiring enough janitors at one point i was just like oh screw this and i just like put a load of palm trees up instead it's like Get the good plastic enough. plants <laughs> that's no right know, no that's one right no difference. one will know the difference i i I think you can dress up your staff as sonic characters but i haven't done that yet you're right i should i should make tales of the psychiatrist or something so why do you think you're a furry actually i should cut that out no judgment here um (laughs) then cut it out please leave it all in leave it in even the cutting out comment (laughs) anything else yeah i don't know i mean am i having fun it's starting to feel like a bit of a drag but maybe Maybe it's just like the mid-game hump before it starts to ramp up for the end game or roll downhill because it's just like, lol, have fun now. I don't know. Like maybe there'll be some more significant 
change ups to the mechanics that I just don't know about. Because I've not, uh, you know, for the book club games, I try to go in reasonably blind. So I don't really know what's coming in terms of like other treatments and diseases and, and even mechanics. Like, you know, I was unaware that marketing was a mechanic until I got to the marketing level, for example. So we'll see. Also, have you seen Remix? No. I noticed that because this wasn't in the game, I think, when I played it originally. Because I, you know, I played like eight hours before we did it as the book club game. And the levels now have like a, you know, there's the three stars, the three normal stars. There's also like a blue kind of like pixelated star. And if you click on that, you get like a remix version of the level. And it's like a more gamified version of the level with more specific objectives. So maybe those will be more challenging and interesting. So perhaps I should try some of those if I'm really getting bored. But I think it's still going to be better to to play out the rest of the campaign, even if I just one star all the hospitals to unlock everything. Mm, I don't believe in the combination of challenging and interesting. It'd be more like challenging and annoying. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Like, I remember when they added achievements, you know, like optional challenge achievements to WoW. And at first I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then after a while I was like, no, wait, I hate it. You know, because like it went from bosses being a challenge to beat in themselves to bosses being really easy, but loads of optional challenges for the bosses you could do if you wanted to flex. And it was just like... I don't want to make my life difficult just to earn this title so I can show I did it. I want the boss itself to be the achievement, you know? So, like, is this remix stuff like that? Yeah, maybe. But it's there if you want to do it. I I did do one remix level. I did the remix of the first hospital. And it just gives you, like, ever-increasing waves of patients. So the patients come in, like, big chunks. You know, at first it's, like, five patients, then ten patients, then, like, thirty patients. You know, and you've got to... You've got to have like burst capacity in the hospital. So that was a bit, that was a bit interesting. That is interesting. And I, and I think all of the remix levels are different. They're kind of like, they're taking the mechanic that was introduced in that level and then like amping it up. But there's only one star, there's only one remix star for each level. Still, I don't think it was in the game at release. And it's, it's nice that it's been added now. You know, it gives you another way to play. Okay. So anything more from you? No, I agree with you. I am I'm interested to know how the second half of the game plays out. Does it get more difficult? Is the longevity there? Is it downhill from here? Or you know, or is it just a mid game hump? Hopefully it's that. Well, are we gonna play the second half of the game? Yeah, I don't oh that's I don't understand that question. Yes, I'll play more. Am I going to finish it? I don't know. Oh, lame. I was trying, I was trying to paint you in there. Okay, fine. But we're doing a part two, right? Yes, we're doing a part two. Okay, so this, this book club game is rolling on another month. I've not played enough. Cool. So, still, the book club game is Two Point Hospital. And we will... Will we finish it? I don't know, but we'll play some more and we'll refine our thoughts for next time. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting 
at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. Mike, what are you grateful for today? I don't know. <laughs> what, what shall I say? What should I say? <sighs> am, am, I, am I grateful for it? Did you know it's been one year since I, <laughs> I worked in paid employment? I have been on sabbatical. Is that the nice way of saying it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you can be unemployed or you can just say, oh, I'm on sabbatical and then it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, for a year. And, you know, during a pandemic, I've survived. I should be grateful for that. So Michael says bye. Bye Bye-bye.